It is September the 24th, 2022, and you are watching and listening to The Future of Photography. The Future of Photography. <laughs> I love I love the audio backdrop from from Los Angeles. <laughs> Wee! Hi Jeremiah. He doesn't really doing? live in Venice. He lives in Compton. <laughs> This sounds like New York Venice. City for some reason. Well, Venice can get pretty urban. All right. It's not so. all surfers and homeless. No. Uh, so we're back with another episode of The Future of Photography. The three of us finally back hey. together. Back together. The band is back together. Again. Summer Summer was was busy on all on all fronts and uh, now no. Crazy we're back busy. together. So today um, we have a bit of a different episode because in the UK, in, where is it, in Manchester? No, it's in Farmer. Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham. The photo show Birmingham. in Birmingham. 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 Adrian, you've <laughs> been to Birmingham. I have been to Birmingham, which is a jolly nice place, I have to say. Um, <laughs> but it's also home to the photo and video show. So this this week is uh, my, my annual report, I suppose. It's becoming a thing, isn't it? Um, uh, my annual report back from the photo show. Uh, I fell over which... backwards when I opened up our, our document where you prepare things. It's like, bam, 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 link, link, link. So you've seen a lot of things there. I have. And do you know what? It was really interesting this year. And I think, you know, recalling last year when I came back and I said, I don't think there was much on going on in the digital world, but it was a bit you know, the analog world, year, yes. the analog world was, was my thing I reported on mostly last year as the future of analog stuff. Um, this year, a really different vibe to the place. I mean, you know, we was, we were struggling out of COVID in the UK here this time last year. So although they had a big floor space, they put everything very spaced apart and there were fewer people there and stuff like that. Uh, and every time you pick something up, you had to you know, douse yourself down again afterwards. Um, so it was a bit tricky. This year, of course, in the UK, COVID restrictions have been fully lifted for months. And so what we've had, what I've been to is, is the biggest photo show it's ever been. It took two full exhibition halls. So I think in theory, the same square footage as last year, but much more, you know, full, full, um, the space much more full. Um, and it was a really high energy event. Um, you know, I took two days, did, uh, did the Saturday and the Sunday uh, and, you know, lots and lots to talk about today. <laughs> Where would you right. like me to start? <laughs> well, what what are the things that pick pick the the three main things first of all that like that that stayed with you that you remember that were kind of cool? What's okay. the biggest one? Uh, can I have can I have a, a zeroth as well, which is the overall feel for the place? Is it before I dive into three specific things? Because totally. yeah, the, it. It felt big. It felt busy. It felt like there was a lot going on. You know, there were retailers and people wandering around with shopping bags. They bought cameras or lenses or whatever that they bought. Uh, and there was there were loads of great talks, um, you know, some keynote speeches, some side speeches, you know, the, the, the lots and lots of things. Even and to the point where some of the, the bigger vendors, uh, I mean, Canon being the, the biggest um, by a little bit of a margin, uh, but multiple uh, brands had their own little theatre you know, uh, pre presentation spaces where they were doing, um, they they were doing talks uh, or demonstrations of their kit, that sort of thing. What um, was your first impression? Digital, analog cameras, printer. Like, was there an overall single sensibility that 
pop through? I think I would have to say it was the... This is, it sounds a bit... I'm struggling for words. Maybe the totality of it, because it was all of that and more. So there were people that sold things that... You know, people that sold things that you wouldn't expect to see. There were people... There were, there were independent vendors where previously there would only have been big brands. There were people who had very small stands last year that were bigger this year. You know, so I think it was the general... Yeah, the impression was that there was a lot going on, you know, um, uh, as opposed to one particular thing that jumped out. But I do have some... I do have some good points and some surprising points. So uh, if I try and answer Chris's question about what would be my top three, uh, that's a really good question. So let or me Or should see. we let's, just let's, go through, through your list uh, from well, the let's, top Well, let's down. start with a fun one, right? Have you ever seen anybody do a demonstration on an exhibition show floor of how to take photographs of docks? Because that was really good fun. I just remember some photographer telling me, uh, if you can avoid it, uh, stay away from kids or animals in your photography <laughs> because they will never really cooperate as the way you expect them to. Well, it turns out, and I don't know if this works for children, it probably would, but if you hold a bit of perspex and you paste some food on it, then they'll come up to the perspex and lick it and you can shoot <laughs> through the perspex and get a good, really close-up picture of the, of the dog slash child. <laughs> <laughs> with kid with kids i would i would expect that to be to have to be sugary of some kind quite, quite uh, possibly. Uh, with the with the uh let's say it's peanut butter or whatever it is yeah. you stick on the perspex it would be above the lens right not in the middle of the or do you shoot it, it, through yes. the perspex so so, well, so so this is this is a lady um so weirdly there were two um two dog photographers which i think is uh, is a a, a we're doubly blessed right in a show like that if we have two dog photographers one was a lady called kate greer who actually had uh, almost a keynote speech in one of the theaters um uh, i didn't get to see that unfortunately but there was also a stand uh with a lady called jess who has a youtube channel uh and and you know teaches people on youtube how to take animal photos um, and she had this, if you imagine a, a sort of, you know, a, a foot square piece of perspex or 30 centimeter square, um, and she pasted a bit of dog food on it and held it up just in her hand. So she had this thing of perspex in one hand and a camera in the other hand. And I guess she was just sort of judging the angle. So the food itself wasn't on, on the perspex, but uh, I think she must have, she must have held the camera quite close to the perspex so it didn't interfere with the image or anything like that. So, yeah, in yeah, a bit like a, uh, an extra front element on the lens almost, um, uh, but that was fantastic, and the shots were great. You could use a BMW lovely. filter for that, right? Instead of yeah, oh yes, yeah. yeah. highest, much highest quality optical. <laughs> yeah, that you smear your peanut butter and dog food on. Yeah, definitely. Of course, <laughs> makes all the difference. So that was that was a fun one and an unexpected one. So that that's one thing. Uh, what else would I say uh, was a, a really good one? Um, uh, yeah, the one that stood out to me, um, and it's an example, I suppose, um, but the the cine lenses. So the big stands for cine lenses. So Irix had a, a big stand and they had like, you know, they had little um, dioramas set up with little, you know, follow focus things on the demo cameras. So you could go and play with the, you know, with, with the follow focus wheel and stuff like that, which of course... For me, that's a bit of a novelty because I don't live in a world where you have, you know, cine camera setups and stuff like that. So, so that was good fun. Uh, they were there, um, Sam Yang with their zine range as well. Um, uh, and, you know, th this is, I, I picked those out because 
I wouldn't have expected to see those brands at this show in the past, perhaps. Um, and I think I picked them out as an example of, uh, you know, not, not sideline brands because they're not. I mean, everybody knows those names, but maybe second order brands, let's say, or at least not, you know, OEM brands, perhaps, who, who are now would, coming through, which I thought was great. I would put them uh, in, in the same range where, let's say, 10, 15 years ago, I, I would put... Um, I would put Tokina, for example, mm -hmm. and some other of these brands or even that, Sigma, that have really years ago. changed since, you know, a Sigma, even Sigma, which now has really raised the bar of what they do mm -hmm. and the quality of what they do. Um, so that's the new... Sigma had an enormous stand. Um, yeah. Yeah, there were loads that, yeah. of people, that lens manufacturers there, which was great. Um, so that was one. Uh, and then the third one I would pick out... I think it would have to be um, a new uh, a new film camera called the Alfie Titch. Uh, so, uh, which is the subject of a Kickstarter, and there's a link in the show notes. And the, the Kickstarter is still live. It was fully funded by the. It launched on the first morning of the show at something like seven thirty in the morning, and it was fully funded by the time the show ended on the Tuesday evening. What? Um, and. Great. Uh, so, so uh, I spent a bit of time. So, this chap called Dave Faulkner, who has it happened ten miles up the road from me, <laughs> just you know, pure coincidence. Um, uh, and he has developed a small, very small, sort of front jeans pocket, small half frame thirty five millimeter camera. But rather than it being, you know, a, a plastic toy type, which is meant many of the the thirty five mil cameras are these days. This is this is machined from aluminium. Uh, it's got some three D printed parts as well, but really high quality three D printing, not your sort of grainy you know, uh, stuff that you'd get from a home printer. Um, and it's built around. There's a little. Um, it's an electronically controlled mechanical shutter, so it's built around an Arduino type setup, I think. Um, and it's got a little, you know, you can, it's got a little, you know, digital interface. You can set your ISO so it can calculate the shutter speed and and things like that. So it's 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 uh, your know, proper electronically controlled camera, and it's got a rather than interchangeable lenses, it's got a dial on the front, and you can have one of four lenses. So Hold it's on, have we have a, we have a visual here. Um, ah, it good up stuff. Right now, yeah, it's a cracking thing. So you can see there's 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 it's four lenses on it. It's a revolving lens, it's like the old like the old Bolex cameras. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. So you get what you've got there is uh, two two lenses that are roughly a, a fifty mil equivalent, so a normal lens. Uh, one is an f eight glass lens. Uh, it's a two element glass lens. And it's small. Uh, de developed in the states by a chap called James Lane. Uh, the second is a uh, plastic lens uh, um, retrieved from disposable cameras. Again, it's an f eight, approximately fifty mil. I think uh, there's a pinhole. And then there's a pinhole sieve, um, which I had to ask about. Um, but a pinhole sieve is, is basically sieve, many yeah. pinholes yeah. in a sieve. Yeah, yeah. I, I have one of those filters. Yeah, uh, and it will calculate the uh, it will calculate the exposures for for all of those lenses quite happily. Um, and uh, it's a, it's a fantastic little thing. It fits in the palm of your hand. That's beautiful. That camera. It is. looks. We all need one now. So, what do you think? Two years before it hits the shelves. Uh, so, well, uh, I, I tell you what. Um, uh, I I have actually backed this, so I've bought one of these, or, or backed it. I you suppose pre-bought it yet. and hope that they'll make it. Yeah. 
So, yeah. well, I spent a lot of time with this guy actually chatting with him. Um, and uh, he's, he's a, it, it seems like a really genuine guy uh, and he's working hard on it. And he's thought this through long and hard about how he manufactures them and stuff like that. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, I have a pretty high level of confidence that, yeah, he will deliver. Um, uh, the, the, he, the, the way he's described, the way he, he's assembling them and the way he's getting the parts from and how he's machining them himself and stuff like that, he seems to be in control of the process of manufacturing these cameras. <laughs> that is very you... helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, it's a lot of, lot of fun, um, uh, I think, that one. So that, that one, he, ha- he actually also won Best in Show from um, Amateur Photographer, I think. <laughs> mm, okay. All right, should we so, should we just go down the list of things that you put in the in the show notes? Sure, sure. So, uh, well, I tell you what, let's, let's, at the top of this, then um, uh, Insta three sixty. Uh, we talk about Insta three sixty reasonably frequently, don't we, on, yes. on this yes. podcast? Um, but it was great to see all the products lined up uh, and to be able to talk to. I have to say, this, the 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 people on the Insta three sixty stand were really knowledgeable about their products. And they didn't try and push you towards the most expensive one. Uh, yeah, there was just actually what might be the right one for you. So when I said, you know, I'm not doing this for professional real estate, you know, purposes, I would want a fun camera where I can, you know, I, I can take it out with the family and, and do fun stuff and things like that. And I said, oh, no, definitely you want, uh, I can't remember which one he wants. There's the X3, I think, Insta360 X, something like that. Um but they have, I mean, they have their pro stuff. They have a really interesting one, which has got two one-inch sensors in it. Um, uh, uh, and that looks like it could be a really good quality. I think you want the Insta 360 Titan, the big one with the multiple <laughs> lenses they for didn't, They didn't have VR that on the stand, so, actually. Oh, they yeah. didn't? Oh, I don't. No, they didn't. They were focusing on uh, the, the handheld <laughs> Of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, I, love, I I love mine. I, I think it's for what it does. It, it's really really fun. I, I did. I remember walking around Central Park. I had I put it on a neck strap and was quite still, and it was triggering it from my headphone, which you can do. It has audio trigger triggering. Okay. And so you just walk street photography like jewelry, and you just trigger this. And the compositions would be whatever they are, but afterwards you can go and reshoot, or, yeah. you know, recompose. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a it's a fun experience. It's very Diska uh, Vertov, uh, man with a camera. <laughs> That's what I felt like. Yeah. No. So so it's really interesting products. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, I don't think they were launching any new products at the show, but it was definitely uh, one to look at. Uh, which was good. Uh, right. Com- next one, though, is a completely different thing. Um, so I, the first time I've ever seen this, there was an enormous film processing machine on the exhibition floor. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's called uh, a Calenta. Um, I th- believe it's for the company that makes it is an Austrian company. Um, and the people showing it were, were the UK distributors. But this enormous thing, like seven feet high and eight feet not long and stuff like that. It can um, and it can do something like 200 rolls of 35 mil film in an hour. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it can have chemistry for two different processes in it at the same time. It's got two complete production lines in the one machine. Um, and I just thought, 
imagining where we were like five, six, seven, eight years ago, imagine taking a machine of an industrial film processing machine to a photography exhibition. You know what I find very interesting because that that is not a new system um, because the, these machines that take film and in the dark they they dunk them into different tanks and uh, agitate the tanks with uh, I think nitrogen and stuff and then you they they move them up and over over a chain mechanism and so on those have been around for almost ever. And mm -hmm. I have actually, I know actually a guy in Berlin who has a lab who who had one of these for the longest time. It just didn't, it wasn't economic anymore, so he got rid of it. But um, there's like a couple of handful of these machines around still from back in 19, I don't even know, 50 or something. And um, and this is this same machine. And I was really sad to see some of these machines being dismantled and gone because they were so. There's something magic about a very industrial machine developing film. And uh, I'm very happy to see these kind of be back or maybe still be here. So, yeah, that's cool. Do you know, I it, think it is amazing. Sorry, Jamar, go ahead. I, I think the challenge with these things is not like setting up a, a boutique film lab, uh, which obviously I'm sure they're, they're very cost conscious of these machines. But it really is the maintenance, cleaning, and changing of the baths that become the, you know, the, the kind of tail that wags the dog. What do you do with the used chemistry? What do you, what do, you do that? Obviously, now, with here in the U.S., the EPA, and we have very, very strict laws about what you can do with these, these things. So, on the one hand, you get to open a boutique lab with a reasonably... Um, cost-effective machine. The other thing is, how do you clean it? What do you do with it? How often does the bath need to be replaced? And, and all of the assorted kind of permitting that's associated with them, that becomes the kind of fulcrum piece that prevents, in many ways, the uptake of these machines. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what, right? If you think about that in terms of what that says about the business model for film labs today, and certainly at least in the UK, uh, the fact that somebody brings a machine like that to a show, and it's not really a trade-oriented show. I mean, there's a trade element to it and a pro element to it, but it's mostly a consumer-oriented show. And that by the Sunday evening, it had a sold sticker on it. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, somebody bought that machine yep. within two days of it being displayed on that show floor. And uh, one of my friends who I was talking to who was there, who also runs a lab, was actually looking at it thinking, do you know what? I've got the production volume where I could use that kind of thing. I wonder if I should be inquiring about you know, how I get hold of one. So given what you've said about all of the, the, the operational consequences and what that means in terms of cost of operation and complexity of operation... If labs are buying that in, a, in that sort of kit in this country now, that says quite a lot about the state of film photography in the UK. It does, yeah. I mean, I think that that's true here as well. Uh, you know, I use I use a, a service called the Darkroom here in the US, and they are incredibly efficient, very uh, artisanal about how they develop. They'll develop any film really but very very well and they digitize it uh different scales for different and send you back the negatives cut or uncut with you know uh, sheets so they're and and they can barely keep up with the volume in fact the last time i sent they said only registered old customers 
we can serve for the next two or three weeks because mm-hmm. we're overwhelmed. We're not taking any new customers. So, yeah. yeah, I think there is a big growing market. And there's more and more interesting small film manufacturers or repurposed film um, packagers. And that's mm. interesting. The, I think it's it's a really inter- it's um it's good to know it's going well in in the US. I mean, it, yeah. it, there are also some rumours in the UK that a couple of very well established places have, have have gone under or closed their doors recently. Um, uh, and everybody's sort of asking questions. Oh, what happened to Sony? I won't name them just in, you know, for, for the sake of you know, um, in case they come back to life, and hopefully they will. But uh, the, there's there's some concern that some of the very established sort of pro labs, uh, one or two of them, perhaps have closed their doors in the last couple of months because, of course, prices have risen as, it, as they have everywhere in the world. You know, prices have risen extraordinarily for for film yeah. uh, over the last year or so um but it but even with that you see people about yeah that's the thing you know people who have labs who are expanding even though film now costs you know 20 pound a roll you know it's it's quite quite something um anyway so that was that that was that one uh really interesting rip never expected to see one of those and certainly didn't expect to see a sold sticker on it by the end of the second day of the show that is that is wild that is really wild It, it is really wild right okay a few brands to roll off so um, again, you know, so in the same way as I was answering Jeremiah's question about the overall feel for the place, you know, some of those peripheral things or things you wouldn't expect to see, like a film, you know, uh, processing machine, loads of lighting brands this year as well. Mm-hmm. And where in the past one or two of them would have been present, but maybe through a UK distributor, this time they had their own branded stands. So in, in you know, uh, Go, Godox, right? Godox had an enormous stand. Um Rotolite had a stand as well. Rotolite are often there under their own steam, you know, um, uh, but but they had a much smaller stand. Uh, newer, the the budget brand that many of us see on Amazon, certainly in the UK and Europe. I'm not sure if there's a, Same here. if yep. they feature in uh, in the US so much. Uh, though it really interesting, they had a whole stand to themselves, and they had their own products mm. out there, and they were you know they were showing them off, which is you know sign that they're growing. They, as they a, as started a, off with a, with really like this in in air quotes cheap Chinese stuff, you know, yeah, very yeah. low, even well, decent quality, but but not on par with some of the bigger ones. And now I see them grow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They 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 they're doing um they're doing very nicely. Uh, a, a company called Adaptalux, which are these amazing uh, lighting systems for very close up photography. I backed their first product on Kickstarter, which was this uh, like it looks like a spider with different little LED lights that you can That's right. point yeah. point uh, for macro photography and use it as a as a lighting lighting studio. Unfortunately, I don't do much macro photography, so I never really used it. But it was it was a fun kind of idea, and I was I'm happy that I that I backed them. Yeah, I, I heard. I didn't get a chance to talk to the guys. Every time I went round to their stand, they were very busy. Um, but uh, I heard that they're going to be launching a Kickstarter for a new product soon. So keep your eyes out for that one. But that's a fan, for those that don't know the Adaptalux product, if you imagine like a small tabletop tripod and then you, you atta- put on the tripod the Adaptalux power pack and then uh, the lights and you can run three or four of them off the one power pack are on um, bendy arms. Uh, and you can adjust them in very fine ways to take pictures of very small things. Like you can you can light both sides of a pebble in different colours, or or of a coin, you know, and things like mm-hmm. that. In, yeah, and it's for, for really good for very close up photography. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, but good to see them with their own stand. Um, 
few other brands, you know, Photix, uh, Nanlite, uh, another you know, brand that you would, I personally wouldn't have heard of five years ago, uh, had their own stand. Um, Ellen Kromkloss, very well established photography brand. Um, my my uh, studio flashes are Ellen Kroms. Uh, yeah. Swiss, I think, aren't they? Elecrom, Swiss company? That's a good question. I bought them in Germany. I, think... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was really interesting. And and uh, as everybody knows, I love lights. Um, so uh, that was that was great for me. Lots of fun. Uh, all the lighting stuff. So uh, what else is there? Okay, let's, let's talk about analog stuff. Um, uh, and because uh, that, as everybody knows, is a subject close to my heart. And part of the joy for me of going to the photography show every year is meeting up with all my friends in the analog photography world. So, you know, uh, I will point out when these things that I'm talking about are friends of mine um, and when, you know, just so for full disclosure purposes, of course. Um, so first up, Ilford. Um, Ilford had a good stand, um, you know, and they had obviously film on sale. They had their little pop-up darkroom tent on sale. Um, I've gotten to know the guys who do the marketing and the shows for Ilford over the last few years. Uh, lovely people and good to see them. Uh, they're a complete riot, actually. <laughs> so if you ever want to go out partying with a film manufacturer, <laughs> Ilford is the one to go out with, I think. <laughs> yeah, don't forget their their paper. Um, they've, this year, have done a lot of... Uh, intro, a very interesting paper um, for inkjet printing specifically, oh, really? which okay. I've just acquired some washi paper made by Ilford, um, Tocorino, I think it's called. Uh, but this is washi paper designed to go through an inkjet printer. Yeah, they they and, they do really well, Ilford these days. They got lots of good products, um, and uh, my understanding is that their business is really healthy as well. I mean, in fact, they have their challenges, of course, but um, you know they're 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 doing great. So so yeah, hi to the Ilford crew because yeah, always fun talking to them. Uh, a team I don't know actually is the Fuji Instax team. They have a massive stand um, that's linked to their overall fujifilm stand so you're, you're on one stand you can get instax cameras medium format digital cameras you know sort of normal digital cameras then you've got all of their printers and and accessories and and fun stuff like that did, so, they, did they show off their new black and white printer camera that's supposed to land sometime in november so um, they they did have a, a stand with the the little hybrids one uh, hybrid yeah. cameras on. Um, I don't think I saw that one. I think it's called the Mini Forty. The Mini Forty. Uh, no, I yeah. Is it is it the Mini Forty or is it the? Because I think that's a, I think that's an analog one. Is it? Uh, if you scroll down on this page, Chris, I think um, there might be here's the hybrid. Uh, the Mini Evo. Is that the one you were thinking of? I don't know. It's a, it's a camera. You can use it as a camera. It's specifically designed for black and white. And you can also send any images from your phone to be printed on it as well. Mm. So it's I don't know about the a, black and white bit, but there are several. They, they did have several products that you can use as a camera. Uh, they're effectively digital cameras, but also printers. Uh, so if you use the, it as a camera, you can then choose which to yeah, print it out. Shows or, you, or it you shows you the, the printing from the phone here. So, yes, yeah. that might be it. So yeah, I couldn't comment about whether or not there was one specifically designed for black and white. But And um, I may be mistaken. It's just something that crossed my desk quickly. Yeah, and, but they, they, they have a good – I mean, the Instax, of course, is, is – uh, if you think – if you think about the appeal of Instax and the market for Instax globally, they sell vast amounts of cameras and film. 
I mean, it's oh, a really, really big part. I think it's the most profitable. Instax um, is their cash cow. It's Fuji's oh, cash yeah. cow for sure, by far. They yeah. that it uh, surpasses their digital uh, photography business. Uh, oh yeah, but times, way, yeah. way more. Yes, it's yeah. right up there with their you know um, their uh, cosmetics business and stuff like that that they do. So um, yeah, really uh, good. But good to see Fuji there. I shoot Fuji myself, so I'm happy with that. Um, uh, elsewhere in the analog world, uh, Patterson tanks. Um, yes. The, uh, for anybody that develops their own film, Patterson, Patterson, who also sell tripods and lighting systems these days, uh, they they they're always there as well at the show. Good to see them out. Um, always, always good fun. Um, uh, next up, uh, Tetanol. The folks from Tetanol um, provide, amongst other things, um, development chemicals. Well, they uh, they make Tetanol was on the brink of being bankrupt uh, last year, I think. They were, um, yeah, year or two, yeah, last year. Or they the year before, make they yes. make like the majority of all photochemistry that you can buy. Like a Kodak, a lot of Kodak developers and other chemistries made by Tetanol and so on. So they produce for others. They are huge. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm not entirely sure um, uh, what the state of their chemicals business is. Their stand at the show, uh, they had a range of products. One of the ones that really like me is they they sell I don't they don't make them, I don't think. That they um they they are a distributor for the DNP brand of dye sublimation printers, uh, which are your sort of you know A four or eight by ten size, you know, dye sublimation printers, you know, really good quality. Um, and I'm very tempted. They have a slightly smaller. I'm very tempted to buy one of those. It was about about eleven hundred pounds. I thought, you know, I could do. Yeah, I could definitely see myself buying. Is that one, one of those deals where the materials within the first ten prints are as expensive <laughs> as the printer? <laughs> I, I do you know what? That's a really good question. I didn't ask. Um, so. Uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, yeah, my only point of comparison would be the Canon selfie printer, which is, is not like that, but uh, that's true. But over time would be. So, technology well, that um, sublimation no, no, can make really good quality prints. So, yes, oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, so, next up, a few people that I do know um, Analog Wonderland, uh, film retailer and lab here in the UK. They had a good stand. They were selling loads of stuff. They they basically had a shop front and they were selling loads of film and, and cameras and, and stuff like that. They also have this great thing, which is just a bit of fun, which is a dustbin, which they've, they've they've glued or taped loads of old 35 millimeter canisters to, and you can literally just walk up, put, you know, yeah, put your film in the dustbin, you know, in an envelope with your name on it and they'll sort it all out after the show. <laughs> they'll do all the paperwork and develop your film and send you. Yeah. Um, so that was great. You could literally just drop your stuff in it. Yeah. Your film in a dustbin and go, um, uh, say, uh, solar can, um, which we've talked about many times on this podcast. Yes. I know, uh, Sam, who runs SolarCan, brilliant guy. Um, his success this year has been his new product called the Puck, uh, which is a a a, a hockey puck sized uh, re reusable uh, solography camera that takes uh, a day long exposure. I backed the starter, uh, the Kickstarter for that. I've got uh, I've got one on the shelf. Um, fantastic little product, um, and really makes solography. Uh, a bit more accessible because you don't need six months to make an exposure. You can do it in a day. <laughs> <laughs> People just don't have patience anymore. What has happened to the 12 month exposures? Um, yeah, they still do those. You still do. You can still buy a solar can um, in, in the beer can shape uh, <laughs> and make those six to 12 month exposures. Or And you can now buy the, what they call the puck, uh, 
which uh, does the same thing, well, a similar thing in about a day. So that, that was good. Um, next up on my list, Camera Rescue. This is a team of people from Finland. Um, uh, I'm going to forget all their names. Uh, Yuho is one of the, the leaders. I met Yuho at the show. It's great. They drove over in, in their ambulance, they call it, which is a van <laughs> that they've got loads of. It's basically an ambulance for old film cameras. And they, you know, if, you, if you're anywhere in Europe and you ring them up and say, I've got a whole bunch of old cameras, I don't know whether they work or whatever, they will jump in their ambulance, they will drive and they will, to you and they will test out all of your big batch of old cameras, figure out which ones work and make you an offer to buy them. <laughs> they then take them back to Finland, where in their centre, their repair centre, they actually repair them all up to as best quality as they can and then and then can, and, and then can sell them on. So they have a big mission to, to keep film cameras working. Um, uh, so it was, it was fun to meet those guys. Um, not met them before, so that was nice uh intrepid camera i think was another one we talk about oh, yes. um so max and naomi from intrepid um uh, on their stand um proper you know full movement cameras that they make um improving the quality all the time i think they've just got they've just done the latest version of their their core cameras the the four by five the eight by ten and they 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 are reinforcing bits that you know over time uh, uh people have said uh you know this bit's a bit weak you need to reinforce this part on the camera so they're sort of next iteration cameras have just been released so uh that was nice to see them mk4 uh, mark 4 oh wow yeah I, I remember again backing them uh, on kickstarter back then and uh the first one yeah mm, good nice camera but it could have used a few upgrades and they did this they continued the development so oh yeah pretty, they're pretty, they're cool pretty serious that. about that sort of stuff yes. really nice people um pretty and, and pretty serious about improving their products over time so that, that's good to see them i gotta give a big shout out to my my sunny 16 friend and colleague rachel from little vintage photography uh she had a store uh where she was doing cyanotype demonstrations you could rock up uh <laughs> to uh do uh, and you could do some uh cyanotype some exposures onto light sensitive paper you know like a fern or a flower or something a pressed flower or something like that uh, and get a cyanotype print to, to walk She's away with all so about make, make your own bookmarks oh she is right she's all about education um, cool. and uh so she was there as well it's good to see her so yeah, just a really vibrant analog, you know, yeah, team of people, um, yeah, out out there this weekend. Um, good to see, and it's good to see some of the folks who had tiny little pods, you know, sort of, you know, tiny little booths, just a single table, you know, two or three years ago. Now coming back to the show with big old stands, and you know, their businesses are growing and stuff like that. So that's a really nice thing to see as well. And and the next crop coming through, you know, new people with the small tables who next year will have bigger tables and stuff like that. So, so that's all good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. Shall I pause for breath there? I mean, I've got still more stuff on the list to go through. <laughs> I'd say keep going. You're yeah, doing keep, great. Keep going. I mean, I mean, it's 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 amazing because I remember the 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 episode we did a year ago about the photography show. It was good. It was cool. It was fun. But it was yeah. It 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 really had that feeling of mm, yeah. Mm, it's a photography show. Not, not a, a lot of evolution. Yeah, uh, and uh, it seems that the whole the spirit is back. So it it, I like it is. That. It, it would very much so. 
Okay. Uh, do, again, do you think another... do you think that has mostly to do with um, the fact that the UK has pretty much like declared COVID from being over, or is it that the photography scene itself has improved a lot and has moved forward quite a bit, or is it a combination of the two? I so that's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, certainly, I think the if we still had COVID restrictions in the UK, the footfall, yeah, you know, the visitor numbers would have been less. Of course. So it was it was a well attended show. Um, uh, I think that there's probably we we have high cost of living uh, issues in in the UK and high inflation in the UK at the moment. So there are people who are worried both both consumers and some of the business owners that I talk to are concerned about the, in fact, the, 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 the health of the UK economy and what impact that will have on, on their buying power if they're consumers and or on their yeah, business uh, if they are, um, if they are business holders, um, you know, cause it's, it, it's, it, it, it is tricky. Um, yeah, and especially in the world of film photography, where the, the you know, film photography for the last ten years has been uh, has been quite an affordable hobby, uh, and now is is not so much an affordable ho- hobby. So that, that's that's something that people are keeping a very watchful eye on. Um, but overall, I think it felt I don't know it felt just really buoyant. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, there must be something going on in the marketplace. If all of these, you know, these brands that you know four or five years ago would have been, you know, represented by small UK distributors, and now coming in having their own stand. I mean, n- newer the the light, yeah, the brand newer. Yeah, the th- fact that they had their own stand really surprising. I mean, these, yeah. This is the this is the brand that Amazon recommends, right? When you want something cheap, right? And and yet suddenly they're there on the show floor. Uh, so there's got to be a, that's got to be a good sign of something, right? <laughs> Well, it could be uh, a sign of misplaced optimism, or it just could be. You <laughs> Thanks, Jeremiah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Always our sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told them or, a bubble had burst already. Is that what you're saying? Well, pretty much. Uh, you know, or it could be the result of several years under <laughs> lockdown, studying and getting into film photography in a more micro, macro scale. Uh, just in terms of and, and and then having an opportunity to like you know reach out and and celebrate that mm-hmm. because you know I think globally we haven't hit the official recession yet uh, you know these indicators are generally as you know maybe a year or eight months you know ahead of us mm-hmm. uh, certainly there are storm clouds on the horizon everywhere and i mean everywhere um so those things often result in well uh what am i going to do to have fun or to really Mm -hmm. celebrate in other words there's a counterfactual element to you know discovering a new camera new process a new film a new printing sensibility that really pushes the 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 darkness of the news to one side at least temporarily and i think you can't fight that if photography being being if, if if it that is really 
factual than photography being that valve. I'm all for it. I mean, uh, me too. Yeah, I, yeah. I am too. You know, <laughs> I, think, I employ it I, myself. I think it's great. I think it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that. That could be a good thing. I mean, it could be. I know that the the people that that run the show, uh, Future, they they work very hard to you know, and and you know, they the the major keynote speaker, you know, the headliner that they brought in this year was Chase Jarvis, who is at this point for photographers maybe not quite a household name but he's very very well known at least in in the western world for, you know um uh, as a as a photographer and and they they flew him in to do you know to do a thing um i think that maybe it, it there's an element that this show in now is poss- possibly the biggest of its kind in europe now um now that photokina isn't coming back i mean it's nowhere near as big as photokina was in its heyday so you know it, it's not six eight ten halls you know it only fills two halls but there but it's a it's you know it's a sizable event uh you know for all that it's it's not you know it's not photokina so there's, perhaps there's people one... who are wanting to access the european market are, t- are treating it as a european market you know, you know uh, expo rather than there's one event coming back here to germany which is a which is a used a used photo market um that i've been to so many times and i, I bought my first medium format used medium format uh, mamiya camera from um with lots of people selling old Equipment, um, weird lenses, really nice old cameras, and mm. uh, that has been on hold for yeah for the entire pandemic pretty much, mm. and it's uh, it's now back, and I'm thinking about maybe going because cool it's sounds awesome. good. Yeah. So you have a few more things that you brought i have from. a few more uh you know uh, i think people are starting to get the gist by now there was a lot of stuff at the show right uh so um you know, bags and cases and transporting things and stuff like that again lots of brands having their own you know stands rather than just through distributors say so peak design shimoda timber low pro bronchi barbershop loads of these things everything from the artisanal very expensive leather camera bags right the way through to the things you can traipse through the antarctic with Right, so tons and tons of stuff there. Um, DJI there, um, DJI with a bit of Hasselblad on their stand as well. Mm. Well, they own so, Hasselblad. <laughs> well, they do yeah. indeed. Yes. Um, so uh, it was very much a drone-oriented stand. Lots of lots of um, headsets, well, um, FPV drones and stuff like that. But also Hasselblad. Uh, you know, so so that's you know, they had a, a decent size stand as well. Um, so you know, just just a ton of stuff really um uh yeah i think the other things on my list i've probably mentioned already but yeah it's just, just so much stuff there it was um yeah fantastic to see it all really and it was it was i'm very glad i decided to go for two days this year because it was oh you did it's ever been wow. before wonderful well, I, I spent the first day hanging out with friends really and and you know and you know it was Again, it's one of those things where some of the people I see there are, uh, are old friends at this point. Some of them are people I know because I've known them for a long time, speaking to them on the internet, doing podcasts with them and stuff, but never met in person. There was a good handful of people I'd never met in person. It was nice to see there um, and, and finally get to meet them. Uh, were so, there yeah. any booths by photography podcasters? Oh, by photography podcasters? No, I don't believe there didn't, were. Didn't a couple I, I of think YouTubers? Sunny Sixteen should have a stand, maybe a co a co organized stand with I don't know 
little known podcast like the future of photography well, rachel, and... rachel has her stand there so so uh, which she does she she kind of works for the show that she does demos for the people that run the show rather than being an exhibitor just in her own right, right so so uh, but yeah it's um no, Sunny 16 doesn't. Maybe the future of photography should have its own show. Maybe well, we should get a show. We, 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 we have to start thinking about that. Don't think we have any products. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's a good question. What could we do there as a podcast? Um, talk to people, I guess. Uh, yes, yeah, so we did do, um, I, I haven't got my hands on the recordings yet, so we did do a lot of recording there, a lot of Vox Pops, a lot of talking to, to people there, which um, at the moment I don't have that, those recordings. So I, I would like to uh, perhaps on a future TFOP put uh, a few of those in. Um, I just don't have them yet because Graham's got them to edit them into the Sunday 16 show. So. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll, so, we'll, we'll reuse some of that content then. Oh yeah, no, I, I made sure that everybody knew that it was definitely going to be reused, so that that's okay. Um, <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, I had imagined, for example, that yeah, just to go back, I know we're not really doing pick to the week this week, um, but my yeah, pick well, of the you're week, you're the only one who brought a couple of picks because when I saw the list, I thought, you know what, there's so many picks on there, I can't probably, <laughs> I, I cannot compete. Well, to, to to close out then the show and to cycle background, um, I do have a pick of the week um, and, and it's one we've talked about already. It is the Alfie Titch camera um, and uh, the you ju just it was a joy. It's a joy to hold. Like, this is the second time I've seen it. I saw it at an event I went to in May. Um, uh, I saw a, a prototype. Um, I think the whole pro I think the whole thing was printed at that point here and got around to the machined aluminium stage and things like that. Um, but it's uh it's 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 out there now and it's working and it's been tested and you know uh, and i've seen prints that have been made with the prototype camera and stuff like that um and it's you know it, it's it's a, it's looking good uh so that's that's my pick of the week um and uh yeah i i i think if anybody that's interested in a pocketable film camera i think this one is this one's breaking new ground because it's trying to bring back a, a a proper, you know, well-engineered, pocketable film camera, which I don't think anybody else has, has done. I know people have, you know, there are lots of good artisanal camera makers out there now, people like Intrepid and Chroma and, and others, uh, but nobody's brought back yet a small pocketable film camera with and electronic control and it's and half format which means you end up never filling the film because 72 <laughs> shots it, it is roll so of film. many pictures in 72 shots Whoa. nobody's and ever going to finish all of them fit on an iphone more or less of course. oh yeah, yeah. yeah default is you're... vertical which is which i love about many of the of the half frame cameras that you so it will be i have a, I have a konica i have a konica half frame camera that i inherited from my dad uh it's still there it still works um it's like you're a right about the instagram thing though jeremiah because it is a portrait because it's half frame so it'll be yeah. 20 the the negative will be 24 mil high won't it and 18 mil 18 wide. wide so yeah. what's so what will that what's that in a ratio it's pretty close. not quite the aspect not, ratio but it'll 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 be good enough it's close yeah yeah so, so yes so it'll even be good for people who want to use instagram uh, as long as they want to put photos on instagram but i think instagram's a video platform these no, days wall, it's, a, it's a brand platform 
a brand platform oh okay fighting talk anyway i have had and if you can't tell i've had a thoroughly good weekend going to this photography show last weekend uh lots of exciting stuff to see uh great to catch up with friends uh and um yeah really nice to see something like that coming back post pandemic as a lively economically viable vibrant thing wonderful fabulous well done well well done done. thanks you've made our work easy (laughs) <laughs> thanks for thanks for holding up the fort for us um, and, uh, and and bringing us all this information. I can't wait for some of the for the recordings and uh, yeah, we shall be back soon with more. It's good to have the band back together. And, um, Can somebody else have a go at talking next week though? Because I'm a bit puffed out now. <laughs> that is totally fine. We'll we'll figure something you out. Want to there's, <laughs> just there's so just much ask to talk us about. a question about AI and like. <laughs> yes, yes, we'll we'll we'll. <laughs> Next, next episode um, anyway we'll be back you can find us at thefuturephotography.com online on twitter we'll be back bye bye you've been listening to the future of photography Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 